the dangerous part of that is that you miss symptoms mm. because you're so busy doing, you're, you're chasing the next thing, you're in, you know, you're trying to do a million things. And when you do that, you're never in the moment fully. So that's the other thing I've tried to do. I try to live in the moment. That was CC Rojas, and this is Guild Stories. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Guild Stories, the podcast where every person has a story, and it's the stories that connect us all. I'm Justin Rickliffs, founder and CEO of Guild Content, husband of Brooke, and father of five young people. And I'm joined today by my lovely co-host, who happens to be my wife as well. Hey, guys, I'm Brooke, owner of Reclaim the Home, Justin's wife and mother of five. We're so grateful you're here. This podcast is a place where we'll explore the stories of hustlers, dreamers, and doers who are going for it by pursuing meaningful work and living life with purpose. Welcome to Guild Stories. Hey, y'all. So we're, uh, um, we're with Cece Rojas today, the, the president and founder of Tico Productions. And there, there aren't a lot. The, the list is pretty short in terms of folks that you can um, almost guarantee see at any board event, any charity event, any um, any place in our city that that is uh, that is tied to our community and tied to uh, the way to grow both from a, an entrepreneur perspective and a civic and and, and philanthropic perspective um, than CC Rojas and, and I'm I'm indebted to you for uh, for spending some time with us CC so oh. welcome to the show <laughs> thank you very much oh, you're very kind appreciate that um, so for those uh, two or three folks in the city who don't know who you are, <laughs> uh, walk us into, into, your, into your current role, into your company, and then if you're cool with it, we'll kind of wind all the way back sure. um, to hear how, how you got there. But tell us about Tico and, and what you guys are up to. So I'm, uh, my husband actually started the company back in 2013, and he was a photojournalist for many years in Spanish language and in, uh, at ABC, and he um, decided that he wanted to bootstrap and start a business in our basement while he was still working, which is awesome for me. And I was, okay, it's cool. We, we, you know, we, you should do this, but don't give up your day job yet. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, so anyway, he started a multimedia, uh, multi, uh, multi-language cause we're fully, bi- he's fully bilingual. Most of our team members now are, it's awesome. um, and, uh, and, uh, ma- mainly we started with video, we did audio, then we started doing, you know, a lot of audio, graphic design, animation, social media management. Now we're pretty much doing all of it full, scale um and uh in the absence of uh a marketing budget because you know you need a marketing mm. budget when you start a business i mm. told him at the time i was uh, uh at uh schumann medical center i was a uh, senior vice president there and that's how you and i, I met think Justin. that's what yeah, yeah I, was say, I think you and i met when, when we started you were truman the chief, with the chiefs, chiefs yep. partnership yep. and i told him well in the absence of a marketing budget this is what we're going to do you're going to do a lot of pro bono work mm. <laughs> we're going to take on some large scale um Fortunately, I'd, I'd served on you know, many boards and yep. had access to lots of different uh, activities and, or, and uh, events. I said, we're going to do some major, large-scale yep. pro bono events. And we did. We did American Cancer Society and, awesome. a, and a couple of others, Hope House and Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Few. And um, that really, then that got his name out there really, really, really quickly. That's awesome. And so then from there, we just started to grow. And um, in 2016... Um, Oscar had been the Spanish language uh, color commentator, color analyst for the uh, Spanish broadcast for the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. And um, we came to you guys and we said, you know, we think we, we can do this better. We have, we can uh, provide 
a much more robust uh, broadcast, incorporating some video, social media, really uh, A to Z fan engagement strategy for mm-hmm. you. And um, so uh, we formed a partnership with the Chiefs, and we started producing the Spanish language broadcast, and um, it gave us a roadmap to be able to start working with other teams. So from there, there we went on, and we started working with the uh, Oakland Raiders, and uh, we stood up the brand, the Spanish language broadcast in Baltimore, Jacksonville. Uh, we just signed the Philadelphia Eagles. That's awesome. And we've got some college teams now, so working with KU, which we loved. I know, yeah, I know you're yeah. in you guys. That's no, okay. Uh, yeah, hey, it's KU. good for business. Yeah, good you job. Know, I, yeah. You know, I, I'm a UNKC <laughs> alum, so I'm uh, wearing Jayhawks everywhere, Jayhawk gear. <laughs> That's awesome. And then the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Oh, okay. I didn't know about signed. the Huskers. Yeah, yeah we yeah. signed the Huskers. So um, anyway, so it was, it's been a really interesting journey. We learned mm. a lot along the way, but it's enabled me to, to – we continue to give back to the community. I mean, yeah. everything that we do, we have a we have a pro bono component to lots of things that we do, and all of our team members are encouraged to you know s- sit on a board or commission committee, mm. whatever. Mm. And we'll do some, you know, we'll we take a bunch of we we'll look at every year what we want to do uh, pro bono in the community, and we take on those projects. We did LLS this year, for example, awesome. Leukemia Lymphoma Society. And we've done several others. But. So, is your business? Or you've <coughs> got the broadcast and the. Uh, kind of sports rights property side of the business. The, mm-hmm. Is there still kind of this growing production? Oh yes. Arm yes. of okay live of uh, yeah. I, well whenever we get to do live events again. Yeah and all that, yeah but, yeah. So um, we we do we do much other we do many other things now. Now we're doing media buying. We're doing you know some of the periphery things that we really didn't do. This pandemic has um, like many other organizations, and I use the word pivot like every, yep. many other organizations. Yep. We've done that and we've had to. And now we're doing more consulting for community mm. engagement. Mm. Um, we have a couple more language competencies awesome. that we've brought on. Uh, we are certified, so we're chasing government business as well. We've been able to work with a couple of, of uh, uh, federal agencies. So we've really diversified mm. You know who we are. We've had to. Um, interesting. We'll see how, we, how that an- plays out after the pandemic because we can't, are we going to go back to focusing on two to three verticals versus – what we've had to do yep. now, which is just, you know, take kind of a, a, a wider a, a, net, a wider, yeah. Net, yeah. A wider yeah. approach. Yeah. No, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you, backing up to your comment, we, we did, we met when you were senior VP at, at Truman, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, which was, which was awesome before you were, you were running Tico kind of from a, a revenue and growth perspective. You had another stop along the way, I think, if I remember correctly, president of, of central exchange. Yeah. As a CEO. Um, yeah. CEO. So, that was a big gig, a mm-hmm. big job, a yep. big jump. Wh- what made you, where, where did you kind of have this realization of like, hey, Oscar's got this thing and now I'm going to go all in and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to join and right. go full time into, into that. Like, what was that journey like for you? So, you know, I, before, before Truman, I ran chambers of commerce. I ran yeah. associations for a very long time. So I had been working with small business owners um, for you know, at least a decade, over a decade here in Dallas the CEO of, cha- of the Hispanic Chambers of Commerce, and then I worked in Washington D.C. for the United States Hispanic Chamber. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's I, awesome. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. It was a cool gig. I liked it. You know, it was a lot of travel. Sure. Um, but um, you know, funny enough, I I I missed having a local impact. Mm. I missed being in the middle of a city, or you know, and and, mm. and uh, so I from there I took the the CEO job in Dallas which was a big, you know, it's probably one of the biggest markets for Hispanic businesses. Sure. And, um, and so I, I went there, and, and the, the start, there was a big difference between that 
market for a minority business versus others, just because the, the maturity level of the businesses were, it was, it was so great. Um, multi-generational families at that point owned businesses for, you know, very successful, large-scale businesses. So I got to, I mean, I was able to participate in, and lead an organization of, you know, very um, high-level, highly recognized business leaders. And we were at the table for every major decision in the city, state, county, um, you know, we had a lobby, we had a lobbying team on, on, on board. Uh, so, so we could watch legislation that would be, have awesome. a positive impact or negative impact on our community. Mm. And so from there, I, I came back to Kansas City and went to, to Truman and, and then to, to CEO. But along the way, I, you know, um, I, I always admired the work of ant- entrepreneurs. I mean, I, I loved representing them and advocating for them and talking to them about the advantages of certifications and some of the other tools that were available to them. Um, to seeing some mistakes that they were making, obviously. <laughs> Which are plenty, yeah. at least in my world. It's yeah. like, oh, damn it. You know, and even in, <laughs> even in chambers, I mean, or organizations, you, if you run them like a business, you're going to make mistakes yeah. and hopefully you learn from them. Yeah. And uh, I heard a great quote the other day. It was, when you win, you win. When you lose, you learn. Mm. And I thought, yep, you just have to learn from those those mistakes. But mm. so I, um, I just felt like at that time, at, I was just, I felt like I wanted to be able to um, just, I got the entrepreneurship bug. I said, yeah. I, I, I know I can do this. I've always wanted to do it. This is, this is a good time to do it. We've already got a platform. I'm yeah. not starting something completely from scratch, even yeah. though I worked with Oscar and we started. Sure the business, but, uh, so I had a, a platform and I really love sports and yeah. I thought if I can grow this part of the business and take that off his plate because he doesn't really, uh, want to grow that part of the yeah. business. He's really happy with the creative and with the, production with the multimedia the, yeah, production yeah. piece. Um, then that's what I want to do. So, um, I was able to, to make the, the leap. That's awesome. Good, good for you. And, and I, I've I obviously made a similar leap and it's, it's a terrifying, it is. um, jump. And like an exhilarating one, right? I mean, there's this kind of like, oh, damn it, am I really, gonna, <laughs> like, yeah. am I really gonna do this? Right. Uh, were there people in your life that you kind of processed that with, or was it like, were there mentors or folks that you trusted or close friends that you were kind of like um, bouncing that journey? Yes. Always. And you know, one was a friend of both of ours, Brian Johnston. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, you know, just because I wanted to understand sports, at a, the revenue piece of it yep. much better. Yep. Um, then I had, you know, been fortunate enough to know, have some really great uh, friends that are successful in business or just either run their own business yeah. or business leaders. or. And um, I, was, I did. I wanted to understand a little bit more what my risks, what kind of risks mm. I was taking. Mm. And... Um, you know, and, and then once again, just learn from what I had seen in others, uh, business owners, successful and not successful. Yeah, you, you're, Brian was, was part of my circle too, kind of as I, I was thinking through my path. And, and I'll never forget, I think I've, I think I, he and I, he was on our podcast and we, I can't remember if we talked about this exactly or not, but the quote I always remember and I attribute to him as I was in that similar spot was, he said, hey man, like, you'll never know how many fish are in the ocean until you're on the ocean. You can't see that from the shore. And, and it was by far like not easy, like all running a company, especially as, as we've, we've talked about before the show, like during a pandemic and all the stuff that's, Ugh. that's changing um, ever before us. But, but 
his comment has proven true is that you don't really know the opportunities and you can evaluate them from the shore and you can try to see them and guess or project or hope or whatever. But until you're actually like sailing the damn sea, you can't, you can't experience it. Um, so yeah, good, good kudos to Brian for, for the, he, he helped me push, you know, get pushed off the shore too, which was cool. Right. But I think you and I have something in common that, um, you know, that I, I've learned is, uh, is really critical starting mm. your own business. We had a network that we mm. knew how to activate. Mm. And in, I mean, a lot of folks go into business without, without thinking about that. You know, who do you know? Who, who, who do I know um, that may know others? Um, because part of it is just is connecting with the right people, with the decision makers or knowing how to get to a decision maker. And I think that those are, you know, some of the, 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 the trait that we, and the, the skill that we brought you know, early on yeah. to, to, you know, really work that network and work it, you know, work it really hard. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think you are one of you and I mean, there are, there are a handful of folks that come to mind when, when I say this, but you had the ability to activate that network in part because you had spent decades pouring into that network. Absolutely. That were decades of adding value, of giving of your time, giving of your wisdom, showing up on boards, being consistent. <laughs> like, I, I, I just, again, uh, to, to give you um, the credit you deserve, is like, you, you, you earned that network. That didn't get handed to you, right? No, I've, I've been working years and years for this to build my network and to keep the network. And Absolutely. I tell young people, relationship maintenance. Absolutely. You have to invest in that. You have to invest in... You know, uh, and t- making sure you're constantly connected to your well, to your ne- to your network. Well, you know, just it's relationship maintenance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 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 for you to um, to again back to that your comment. I love your, the way you said that. Activate your network. Like that network was built on. You, you might have whatever business connections or a thousand LinkedIn connections yes. or whatever. But like, if you can't make a phone call and say, "Hey, it's built on trust," I guess is, is, is the absolutely. the way. Like, how how specifically um, is that a conscious skill for you? Is that a learned skill? Like, how do you kind of think through like building trust in your relational connection? And and and, and my last long winded question is like specifically in Kansas City. I think KC is so unique in the fact of um, if there's no trust, there's no there is no relationship. There isn't, yes. And, you know, part of how you build trust is solving a problem together. Mm. So some of my strongest relationships um, and, you know, valued, trusted mm. relationships to people I trust and, and, uh, know I, and, and know that I can count on are people that I've worked with on, on projects, typically uh, uh, non-business related. Mm. It's typically in, you know, civic or, or heavy lift, you know, things that were heavy lifts and, you know, a couple of them was the bond campaign early on. I co-chaired the bond campaign with a guy named Bill Washington for mm. the Liberty, for it was the Liberty Memorial then. Okay. And yeah, it yeah. was chained up yeah. and I was going back through that the other day for some, for another reason. And I thought, wow, Dang. that was a, we were out on the campaign trail. I mean, we were doing you know everything we could to, to garner attention, awareness and, you know, and move people to action. You know, we need you to vote for this. And, you know, passed. 
And then the second one, when another political campaign was the uh, zoo, zoological tax, yeah. tax district. There was a group of us that worked really hard on that to get together. But it's other projects like that um, mm. where your heart's in it and your 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 heart. Your, it's a servant leadership role, so you're you're leading that way, and everybody else is pulling together. But you're building strong, trusted relationships. Mm. Amen. That you that you know that um, that you that you can count on later on. So I think that's that's part of it. But yeah, the board service and the community service has been one of them, and I truly enjoy, I enjoy it. It's my hobby. I love it. I just love. For me, it's been good for business too. Sure, it's been good for business. <laughs> but when you're able to, and what I've tried to do is diversify my board service, my community service. There are some folks that will just do something that's industry specific mm. or just you know in one category. Uh, whether it's animal welfare, whether it's you know domestic violence, whatever that is, I, I've chosen to get involved in a lot mm. in many of those different kinds of things, because then I can connect the dots better. Mm. I'm like, well, you know, why aren't you working over here, you know, in animal, you know, in animal welfare with this organization over here? Because mm. you're kind of doing the same thing. It's very different, but you, you would, your non-traditional partnership would probably garner some really cool results. Super smart. And, you know, so I think that that's probably been a way for me to, and, and then the other thing is I love to mentor young people and, and bring young people on the board. So I'm a placeholder. I'm a placeholder. I do my, I do my work, but I'm a, I see myself as, okay, I'm going to bring two people behind me. I get on the nominating committee. That's another cool. goal. I and mean, that's another strategy. And I bring people on behind me that I know that, that can use the exposure. That's so, it's so thoughtful and, and, and smart. I, I'm cu- as you're talking, I'm going, how do you like, how do you juggle the, and I think I asked Jeanette Pringer the same question, yeah. but like, how do you juggle the competing priorities, both from like a, a time perspective, like how do you juggle your calendar and running a business and serving and having a life and a marriage and a family and the thing, right? But like, how do you, like what, what set of filters or values do you kind of, um, organize all of these commitments around <laughs> does that uh, make it, sense yeah i mean i i'm j- i'm really good at time management mm. i mean i'm re- i've gotten really good at it i mean mm. i i block time you know these are the these are my meeting days these are the you know and when i and when i'm serving on a on a committee or i'm leading something i like this these are the these are the times that i'm going to be have made available huh. to you know to for you for meetings blah 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 and um and I think it's just really setting that expectation up front and, you know, really guarding the, that, those times, that, that, that time frame, the time that I need to spend and devote just to my work. Mm. Um, what I do know is that I could spend, and you probably can too, I, I, I get far more done outside of the office in my home office oh. than I do in the office because I'm constantly interrupted. Yep. Yeah. But I could spend four to five hours on a weekend and, and knock out a Crush ton of it. work. Just yes plan and be proactive because then everybody is reacting to me, to everything I've sent out. This is from a staff perspective, you know, from my business. And then, you know, on Monday, everybody gets, and I, what I do is I have tons of Outlook email tricks. And one of them is I time all my, I, I, uh, time delay my emails. Smart. So that they go out strategically during the week, so people are responding to me when I know I have the bandwidth to, or when I know that they've had time to process and blah blah blah. Huh. So when they're by the time it gets to me, I'm already down. I mean, I'm, I've already got it figured out. You're and, downstream. Yeah. 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 So. Sorry. This is stupid. 
I don't know why this phone keeps ringing through the thing. Sorry about that. But okay. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, no. So those are some things that I've learned. Um, the other thing is, you know, I've had a health, I've had a health journey that I've been going through. So I, I'm very, I'm, um, it's, it's taught me to, to spend the time, my time now on things that are, mm. that I really believe and care about. Um, and so I've shed, I've shed a few things, but I've, but I've strengthened mm. my commitment to others that I really feel strongly about. So even though I shed a couple of things, I actually, I picked up, you know, it's almost the same amount of time because I'm, uh, some of the things that I'm doing at the national level mean a whole, mean a great deal to me. Mm. Man, I I, I resonate deeply with what you're saying because I know uh, at a very fractional level, I know the journey you've been on these last couple of years and I know it's been a hard one. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, I was, I was interesting. I was with the, I just left Central Exchange, and my husband and I, we were, well, we were, uh, I was just signed the Raiders, and we had a short time, turnaround time. I mean, we started talking to them, and, and you could appreciate this, like, March. Oh, boy. And we yeah. closed the deal in May. Oh, God. So I had, like, <laughs> you know, two months to prepare for preseason. I yep. had to get my, you know, so, you know, solidify my broadcast team. I had to try to sell it. Oh, my gosh. I had to find a media partner, which was a challenge in the Bay Area. And um, at that time, it's like, you know, it's like a perfect storm. It was great. We were starting to really take off on the sports side because the, the, the Raiders is a big brand. It's a global brand. Oh, and absolutely. they have a huge Hispanic um, uh, fan base. I, I wasn't feeling well. And I just talked it up to travel and mm. just the, all the time I was spending. And This um, is like 2017? It would have been 2017. 17, yeah. And we were traveling. I'll never forget. We were in San Francisco, and I felt a lump in my, in my abdomen area. Oh, my God. And I told my husband, this is good. I know this is what really is happening with me. I'm, I've ignored the signs. I should have paid a bit more attention to Ugh. the tiredness and the fatigue. And sure enough, I was diagnosed with the lymphoma mm. as soon as I got back from that trip. And it's mm. been a, a heck of a journey since then. I'm, um, I'm, and I, but I've, I've still managed to do, <laughs> try to work <laughs> and in the have. hospital and I was working <laughs> and trying to, there were times though when I just had to completely shut down. Mm. But, um, you know, we've, in the ba- in between the treatments, I was still trying to, <laughs> I was still doing <laughs> stuff. I was still are. working, <laughs> um, but uh, then I I and it, 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 I just I'm recovering now from a bone marrow transplant. So mm. that's where we, that's that's where I ended up. And um, so I've been I'm about six seven months out of that now. So I feel really good and mm. I feel almost normal and um, been able to to jump back in. <laughs> well, of course, and and no one that knows you would be surprised. By, by any of that, by your resilience, by your your strength and your character and your um, and, and even kind of your awareness of of hey something's something's wrong here. <laughs> like I, I think I think um, it's just such a gift to be aware and present and not just thinking about the and for me at least I've got that disease of thinking about the next thing and the next thing yeah, and the next and thing too. and what's what's on the horizon and where are we going and what's and it's like, hey, like, what's right in front of you? And the way you articulated, um, and and first, like, I'm really thankful you'd share your story. That's really powerful because um, because it's it's a that's a vulnerable place, um, and I'm thankful that you would you would go there. But I connected to your comment around kind of doubling down on the meaningful stuff, right? And shedding I, even your 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 verb was, I think, intentional. But like, you shed some things um and and it i mean as i think through like my own life like what needs to be shed yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what's distracting right. 
me from the meaningful and from the moment and from the present. And, and, um, uh, I, I'm thankful that you would kind of go there. Cause I, I'm, I'm just curious, like, how did you realize like, Hey, some shit needs to be shed here. <laughs> like something needs to go I, away. I, I knew that in order for me to, I had to focus on my health. I had to mm. make the time that I made for all these other things that didn't, mm. I wasn't finding joy in. Mm. I had, to, I had to focus that, take that time and focus on my health. And so that's what, you know, like I had to, I blocked time to, to, to work out. I blocked time. To, I mean, mm. I blocked that time now. And I got, and I, I guarded, guarded the word. And mm. I told my husband, look, in mornings, it's the best time for me to, to spend, have that me time. And it's, it might be between core, it might be during core business hours, but that's what I need to do for you. to feel, you know, to, to know and, and to feel that I'm that I'm getting back to normal and I'm gaining my strength, my stamina, my mental clarity, all those things. And, you know, it's just, it is what it is. And that's, that's just how, it, you know, that's what I did. And so I looked at all the civic stuff I was doing and some of it just, you know, was, it was more heartburn than it was, yeah. than it was, you know, feeling good about it. Yeah. Was there, um, good night. Like there's so many follow-up questions that are like banging around inside my brain are, as you think, you know, kind of this concept of self-care or, being, uh, I, I'm wondering if, if at least for me, the that resonated with, I think in this quest to like build something or grow or um, climb the ladder or be successful or whatever. At least for me, I I did lots of those things um, and neglected myself. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I worded that in a way that like connects with you, but like I'm wondering how many leaders out there now are pursuing this thing and they're working their tails off and they're burning at both ends of the candle and they're not sleeping. They're not eating well. They're not working out. They're not taking care of themselves. Like right. I, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm thankful that you went there. Cause I think that is the struggle of leading things. It's like, wait, I actually have to block time for me. <laughs> well, but, but the, the danger part of that is that you miss symptoms mm. because you're so busy and you don't understand, you're not, because you're, you're so busy and you're, you're doing, you're, you're chasing the next thing, you're in, you know, you're trying to do a million things. And when you do that, you're never in the moment fully. So that's the other thing I've tried to do. I try to live in the moment because you miss things. Like, I was thinking back to, I've, I've been able to meet some phenomenal people and been in some incredible places. And I, in many of those many of those circumstances, I was always never there, present fully. Mm. I was always thinking about the next thing. Okay, this is awesome, but what about the next thing? And how, you know? And, and I, I missed out on you know really being in that moment and gaining everything I could and really preserving an incredible memory I could have had or you know wanted. So I, you know, I just those are some of the things that I've learned. But I do know that when wow. you're that busy too, you 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 don't pay attention to. What could what you might think is being tired or fatigued or that could be symptoms mm. of something of something you know far worse. Gosh dang, Cece, I, I yeah, like, I'm like, wait a second, did you come here with an agenda for no, me? No, no. <laughs> no, because the uh, I'm laughing because it's um, it's been my journey too, and and I remember you know uh, probably so so I, I left the Chiefs in 2017, um, and at some point in that year. And, and, and it, it was March when I left. It was probably, it was the summer or the fall. And I took our son to the batting cages. And 
it was the first time in years, this is like embarrassing to even say out loud, that I like left my phone in the car <sighs> and didn't try to like multitask. He, he was hitting for 12 minutes in the batting cage. It cost us four bucks or whatever, right? Yeah. But in that moment, what, what I would have done, my, my, my habits, like I had done this, so I had to take responsibility for it. But I would like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, let's go to the batting yeah. cage, bro. Sure, happy to. And then he's in the batting cage, and I'm like either looking at something numbing and stupid on Instagram or banging out a quick text or an email yeah. or worse, using him to, like, build my thing, like taking a picture. Like, oh, my, look, my son's out here hammering yeah. the baseballs. Right, right. <laughs> and um, I, I remember, again, this is such a silly moment in comparison to, to your journey with lymphoma, but – I was like, no, I'm going to leave the damn phone in the car and be in the moment with my kid. Yeah. And how rich those those 12 moment, twelve minutes would have been completely missed by my, like, lack of uh, uh, emotional presence. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm thankful that you would go there because I, I think uh, if, if, if folks are anything like us, those, those challenges to be present for leaders are, because, you know, you walk into a room or you walk into a meeting and you're, for me, I'm like surveying, like, what's next? Who, who can I like gain right. something? It's like, no, shut up. Like be present and give, <laughs> be yeah. present and love, be right. present and, and connect. And those, uh, I wish that weren't so hard for me, I guess. Is yeah, the but, long point. You, but you can do that and you, you can do it in a way that you still connect the same result Yeah, is what I've learned. So huh. I'm just more intentional. Hmm. So if I go and I tell young people, you go to a networking event, yeah, you want to meet a lot of folks, but be intentional. Go in with a plan. You want to meet these three people. Mm. Be- and then, you know, the rest is gravy. Yeah. But so, you know, so it's not, it's not a, you know, you're, you're just, you're, you have a strategy, you have a plan, and that, you know, you, so that you can be in the moment and not just kind of scattered all over the place, you know, trying to, 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 to meet everybody when really there's only, you know, a couple of people there that are, that are, gonna really get you where you want to go you still can meet everybody but you just have to have be intentional about yeah, it just like yeah. you're with board service with everything you gotta just be in t- i just learned you have to be intentional about it and when you are you get some time back yeah that's that's fascinating the, the other comment i want to come back to that you mentioned was was this idea of um time blocking yeah and uh i have a, a good friend he he's actually on our, our our little small board of advisors um cory shear and he talks a ton about the the practical it's one thing to have like these hypothetical like oh leadership philosophies and lessons and yeah. yada yada but he's like hey dude like it'll all trace back to your calendar like what you what you prioritize you will do exactly <laughs> what you write down you will do what you hold his his, his phrase is some something like wh- where you hold integrity on your time is what will produce the fruit in your life and so um he talks a lot about deep work meaning like um both, both from like an internal self care perspective, but also from a work perspective. Like you, you mentioned your your your, your maybe your deepest uh, work happens on a four hour chunk on a Saturday or a yeah. Sunday morning, mm-hmm. um, and to to be able to carve that time out and set it aside and say nothing will distract me from doing the meaningful. I, I think we get caught up so often in these like hypotheticals that don't ever happen. We yeah. just talk about them. It's like, right. no, what's your damn calendar look like? Yeah. How do you, how do you hold that? Um, I mean, you already kind of said it, but like that, I think that concept is worth re-exploring if, if you'd go there with me. Yeah, I have blocks. I just block time. So I have, for example, Fridays, 
no meetings. Huh. I block it. Now, there are meetings for me to schedule mm. if I choose to. Um, because typically, I usually, uh, this is my clinic day, too. If huh. I go to clinic, it's usually on Friday mm. for, for my health, my KU clinic. Mm. Um, but it's, it's a day when I can, one, just not have the pressure and you know, kind of uh, still get work done, accomplished, but at my own pace, and I'm not, my calendar is not run by Zoom meetings and blah, blah, blah. You know, I, mean, I have such Zoom fatigue. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, <laughs> so I, I block that day. Um, I've taken the time now to block Mondays or, like, for example, their meeting days for my mainly for the business meeting, for business, my business, or for maybe, you know, some, some key. So I, I tell everybody, like, if somebody's, it's really cool because if somebody's asking me, well, what are the best meeting days for you? I can tell them. It's Mondays yep. and, you know, Wednesdays, whatever. You know, those are yep. the days. The other two days are, you know, whatever. I mean, I just, so I really block it that, so block that time, and, and, I, and I just set expectations with the team. These are the days that we all agree on because this is going to help you too, team mm. members. Mm. If we know you're not your day, you're not, you know, really fo- super focused on getting a project done, on editing or what have you, and now it's broken up by a Zoom call. Mm. You know, you, you this, these are these are going to be. It's going to help us all be more productive. And so we're we're we started that not too long ago, but it's starting to it's starting to work. But it's it's hard yeah. to get it. It's one thing to have your to you for you to do it, but then to have your whole team get in a rhythm of doing it is a little bit more is a little more uh, a little bit more difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, same same for us. I'm curious your. Um, as you're saying that, I'm kind of thinking through our reality and, and my specific reality with my time mm-hmm. is how much, and, and there's no perfect formula, but like how do you kind of juggle the the responsibility and the privilege of client relationship, mm-hmm. that work, that trusted exchange of right. value that leads to revenue and all that stuff um, versus kind of your internal team development uh oversight, shepherding, leadership, Mm -hmm. um, those two things aren't at odds. They're complementary, but, Mm -hmm. but very often from a time perspective, they are like sometimes, let me ask it that way. How how do you kind of navigate that, get those two big competing buckets of your, your, your focus? Right. So, um, for my team, I, you know, I, I try to, I, I, you know, I wouldn't say I just, because of my uh, condition, yeah. it's tough for me to be. I I have to be in controlled environments. Um, so I, when I'm in when I'm in the office, that's when I know I'm really not going to get a much much yeah. work done. <laughs> right. um, but I know I'm going to spend it with my team. Mm. And you know if if and uh, und- you know t- just talking to them, understanding, find kind of what's going on with their projects. How can I be helpful to them? Professional development wise or career development wise, I'm, you know, I encourage them to get involved in all the things that we're involved. It's like you know, these are these are the opportunities that we have. Many of them have leadership development components to them, mm. and you, I'd love for you to take advantage of them. Um, you know, one of my one of my uh, a couple of them are very active in chambers of commerce. Awesome. And the, you know, one one of them was a press president even of the young professionals group, and so we encourage cool. them to do that, and then we support them. So that they can make a, so they can uh, make a meaningful contribution to that, and I like it, maybe it's a, a pro bono work, you know, piece of work or a campaign or mm. what. What do you need from us, so you feel like you can take a leadership role? That's cool. Yeah. So you know, we yeah, I spend 
I, I spend time, we invite them to lots, you know, we, we, we invite them to many things that we think that there'll be good networking opportunities for them to learn from others. Um, I'm trying to include them now in higher level meetings. And so what I've been trying to do with one of them, one of my key employees, like, look, just sit on the call. I don't need you to do anything. Just sit and listen mm. and understand how. If it were a, mm. you know, an in-person meeting, I'd have her do the same thing. Yeah. Just want you to hear how something, how a relationship unfolds, how the sales process unfolds. Cool. And you know, um, and you know, you just and you need to learn from that, and you need to learn from my mistakes too. What didn't I do? What didn't I? What where wasn't I consistent? You know, uh, and that's been that's been helpful on the client development side. You know, I, once again, I just, I spent, when I, when I was recovering, um, you know, a lot of people reached out to me when I was, when I was really sick and I really, I couldn't, I, I just didn't have the energy to respond yeah. to everybody. But, you know, I mean, it was great to hear from everyone, mm. but, you know, since I've, since I'm on the other side now, I mean, I, I definitely try to, you know, I'm, I'm back in front of them, just, you know, thanking them and, mm. and talking to them and asking them what, what I, the other thing I've learned is. There's no substitute for just getting on an old-fashioned phone call. Oh, my gosh, yes. And calling someone. Oh I mean, gosh. you know, I mean, it's tons of emails. Uh, it's great. It's fast, but it's not the same, especially because we can't meet in person right now. You need that interpersonal 100%. connection. Preach. And, and I would go to <laughs> events. It was, sometimes it was, it was just really to connect with people, reconnect with people, make sure we were still, we were still, um, you know, we still had a strong relationship or connection and 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 how can I help you you know what, what can I do for you what are you working on in the mm. community right mm. now can we help can you can we help you with that many of them will say you know I hadn't thought about that but thank you for asking because there probably is a way that you guys could you know at least connect me to someone or what have you so I always ask that how can I help you oh that's brilliant it's so it's so brilliant and and <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I'm like can we just get this off email? Because uh, I, Ugh. can we just, could you call me or could I call you? Yeah. Like, tell me a good time. Because again, not, not even in a combative way, but in a like, it's not three dimensional. It, it's not, it's not, there's no depth. There's no, uh, of course, like I email a lot. I text a lot, but like yeah. in the context of a relationship, it's like, can we just talk? <laughs> can we have a voice to voice conversation or face to face conversation. Well, don't, don't you feel that way with your team sometimes? I mean, I know I used to maybe at the Chiefs when you had people were just, if there was if this if an email conversation kept going back and forth five or six times, like get go talk to them in yes. person. They're literally down the hall. Or talk or just pick up the phone because so many things get lost in translation too. Hundred percent. You know, by the time that you you see the email chain, you've probably have a whole different concept of what was people were trying to convey or get to. Hundred percent. I I love how you talked about that that. Um, woman on your team who you who you let kind of shadow even a phone call because I think at least for me and I'm, I'm sharing my baggage here but like there's such a tendency in a instinct for me just to do it because I'm a, I'll just I'll just do it yeah I'll just whatever the thing is yeah. like, just do it. And, and 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 frankly like I probably don't even do it the best on our team right but like my instinct is like I'll just do it I'll just write the thing or I'll just do the thing or I'll just show up at the meeting and like I'll fill everybody else in later. Yeah. Which is right. horrible leadership, right. right? But 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 I do think the call of 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 a of a maturing leader is like, hey, how do you develop more leaders? How do you raise up people who can I, I love even how you said on the board conversations like 
recruit to to replace you. I'm the place gap. I'm the right. I'm the stopgap. I'm the placeholder. Right. Right. I love your language because I think it's it shows intention. It shows meaning. It shows purpose, and that's been this cool thing for me as our team has kind of grown. We're not crazy big by any means, but as we've grown and added people, it's like man, my affections are for. For sure, the client, I love the client stuff, but like my affections are for them to start stepping into their own power and their own leadership and their own. And I, I get that wrong more than I get it right, of course, but like to see them lead right. and not just me tell them what to do. It's just such right. a mind blowing shift. And again, I know that's an obvious statement, yeah, but, but like. Then now you get into trusted delegation. So now you can trust how you're del- who you're delegating it to, what you're delegating that it's going to get done. Even if it just gets done 80% of the way of how you would do it. Now you only have to fill in the 20% gap. That's right. And, you know, I'm still learning. I mean, I've, I, I'm, I have a mentor now that, you know, he's been a mentor for a really long time, and he's, um, I'm, I'm uh, working with him on one of the national boards that we ser- serve on, meeting with lots of different corporations and, you know, national leaders in the Latino space. And sit there like what i'm doing with my in- employee that works for me i'm doing the same thing yeah i'm i'm just sitting there i'm listening <laughs> i'm absorbing i'm understanding how we his talking points um that's you know awesome. I'm, I'm i'm learning still mm. and i you know and that's it, it's i know it's going to help it's going to pay off it's going to help me a great deal and hopefully it'll help him too yeah. because then he can trust and delegate to that's me right. some of the other things that that we you know, try, are going to try to accomplish. Yeah, that's right. I love that. That's so that's so well said. Um, you've been incredibly gracious with your time, and and, and I, I want to, if you're okay with it, maybe ask one more line of questioning. Sure. Would be, you guys specifically are really cool, um, really well, and uniquely positioned. Beyond the pandemic stuff, you we've obviously had this this deep unrest right. um, in our culture and our communities around yep. racial reconciliation intentions. Right. Right. Um, I'm just interested to hear how you guys have, as a woman minority owned business, how you guys have helped companies and brands shape, um, and, and maybe shapes even the wrong word, but like even articulate right. and see and walk into a lens that might not be their own, right. how you've helped educate and teach and love and uh, empathize with um, the current unrest in our culture because I I think it would be silly for us to not talk about that right. um, because it's it's such again kind of personal stuff aside the 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 marketing and business landscape and how brands address how how brands talk how brands um, how companies engage this conversation is really meaningful and right. and I think we have a lot to learn from you <laughs> well, I don't know about that. we all do well we because well I mean first of all I've we live it. My husband and I, we're both, you know, uh, we're a minority-owned company. We both grew up in, you know, a very uh, minority, traditional, mm. Latino traditional neighborhoods. and you know, Where culture. did you grow up? I grew up in Kansas City, Kansas. Okay, okay, know, yeah. In Argentine, which is yeah. predominantly, it's actually pretty mixed back then, but it was lo- you know, lots of Latinos. Lots. It's awesome. We were just, you know, we didn't see any different. Yeah. yeah. We just were who we were. Yeah. And, but, um, you know, but, you know, you've got a cultural that's, in, you know, you're culturally embedded. I mean, you're, you know, you, it's, it's natural. It's yeah. natural to you. Yeah, of course. And so, you know, that's what we uh, tried to bring to our clients, that authenticity of 
um, this needs to be embedded in all in everything when you when you think about your campaigns in general. Why? It's business imperative. <laughs> yes. uh, the fastest growing segment of college grads are minority women, mm. black and Latinas. Mm. There's the fastest growing segment. So those are the those are your future. Yes. Yes. Those are your future. That's your future workforce yeah. executives. Those are your future. Uh, business owners, yep. um, decision makers, you know, clients, kind of household yes, clients, yes, yes, income earners, yep. all of them. And so you have to, you know, you have to understand, you know, understand that um, that there's that there's mm. going to be a couple of different sides to them and how they gain mm. information. One is going to be general market, and they're still going to rely on things that are culturally relevant to them. Absolutely, they're still going to fall back to that to some degree. And, uh, as we all do, as yes. we all do, yes. we all do. Yes. We all go back to that. Yes, and you know, and I think that that's that's where we can. That's where we've been really helpful with our with our clients. Mm. Is, um, that's why we've been really successful with this on the sports stuff. Our yep. social media gets gets tons of engagement yep. from the fans because we know how to speak to them in, some, yes. in a way that they'll. You know, we know the slangs. We know how they would view this. Yes, comically, funny, humorously. You know, and um, we also. You know, what, one of the biggest compliments that was paid to us the other day was um, uh, by the, the, the uh, PIO, uh, P- Public Information Officer for Kansas City Area Transportation Authority. That's one of our, huh. our clients. Awesome. Public transportation. We get that. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I know all about public transportation. My husband grew up in Costa Rica and Honduras and everything. I mean, we, we all know public transportation well. Most of our, most of our team members do. And she said... Um, one, one reason, the reason I like working with Tico Productions is that I don't have to tell them about diversity and inclusion. Wow. I don't have to ask them to make sure that our ads, our, you know, any promotional material we do takes diversity mm. and inclusion into mm. account. It automatically shows up in everything that they do. Because it's not, it's natural for us intentional but it's just more yes. natural authentic it's just, it's yeah yeah that's who we are that's what we do yeah. so that's what we try to bring to all of our all of our clients and uh you know and, and but most of our clients you know it um our general market but they want now mm. they're obviously they're they're they know that they need to uh, be more intentional yep. about the way that they're reaching and you know for some of them it's just like you know for example utility companies it's an education component we have to, people have to understand in a culturally relevant way about safe digging or, you know, you pick yes. things that are yes. just, you know, that are just um, common sense, but that are safety and educational. They, yep. we, need, we need to be telling, we need to be talking to them in a culturally relevant way that, you know, about the best, about what's, what's best for them and their families. You know, yes. and that's what's safe and healthy for them and their families. Totally, totally. And, and to, to me, it highlights how, um, the the kind of the one size fits all marketing model of the like whatever seventies through early two thousands right of this kind of traditional one size hey just just create a thirty second commercial and like blast everybody with it yeah <laughs> it's yeah like, put brown people the, in it and it'll be yeah and even that language is just so like mean like like we're not gonna blast it like what let's talk let's communicate let's have a relationship and i think even our um uh andre davis who we both know but he's an executive at built and one of our clients and he he and i have had lots of conversations about this and and i said man like well the the stat he used was um 
generally in the United States, the 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 um, the in his language, the people of color represent less than ten percent of the workforce. And I was like, damn, man, like we're, we're part of that. Like we're part of that. Like, um, how do we as a company grow, evolve, change, listen, understand, get out of my, like, you know, my traditional cultural background. And, and I I love how you said, um, and, and it's, it's true in this conversation with diversity inclusion. It's also true in general about the future relevance of marketing as a whole is like, we have to speak the person's language who's consuming the thing. <laughs> we can't go through this as a lens of, hey, I have this product and I'm going to sell you this right. deal, insurance or food or whatever the mm-hmm. thing is. It's like we have to be able to come to the other side of that table and say, who, who's consuming this message? Who's seeing this message? Who's, who's reading this story? And how do we relate to them emotionally? And, and I, I'm just I'm thankful for the, the, the kind of ground you're paving because – um, you're just, you're a trailblazer and you're a, you're a thank super, you. super awesome human more than that. And so, um, thank you for going there with us. Cause I, I think we've got lots to learn at, at Guild. And then we, we also, I just think society, societally, I don't know if that's the right word. Um, like let's, let's take this off email and talk. <laughs> I mean, you really need a whole, like, you know, lots and lots of time to talk about that topic because it's, it could be relevant too, in terms of how you the right thing to do but how do you thoughtfully grow your absolute market share I mean, you've got to, if you don't have a plan a multicultural marketing plan in five years you're, you're gonna wish you had good luck yeah, <laughs> yeah. good luck um cc you're you're tremendous we end every show with the same five questions um okay. so just whatever comes to mind first thing that comes to mind four are really like easy and playful the last one's a little bit heavier um, so here we go. What's the last book that you read or listened to? Oh, <laughs> I, I read a lot of uh, gore. Really? <laughs> like James Patterson and awesome. all those. I, I can't even remember. It's probably one of his. That's awesome. I can't awesome. remember what the last one was. Um, I might have been Camino Island, but I don't think that's James Patterson book, but I think that was the last one I read. That's that was awesome. The, what's the John Grisham? Yeah, yeah. 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 That's awesome. I wouldn't have had you for a gore reader. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, what would you do right now if you weren't afraid? If you have fear left after all you've been through? Oh, yeah. Uh, I would take singing lessons. Oh. Be a singer. Do you like to sing? I do. That's I, awesome. I do karaoke, but I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> My brother, who is a professional singer... Really? You know, yeah. Before when I would, you know, get out there and have a few drinks and go watch his band play. He <laughs> plays all over. You know, he's he's been able to make his full time living it. Dude. For ever. Good for him. Yeah. And he said, "I will never be drunk enough to let you on the stage." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Okay, all right." That's awesome. I get it. We'd come. We'd Brooke and I would show up to your concert. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your favorite T-shirt? Almost Chiefs. Oh, love it. Yeah, love it. That's our brand. We created with the Chiefs. That's awesome. Almost Chiefs. I love it. Um, what is your favorite place on Earth? Uh, I haven't been everywhere, but I, you know, I mean, but my YMCA. I'm in the World Council of the YMCA. A so World I, Council? Yeah, I'm a board member for Come the on. World Council, so Come I get on. to travel quite a bit. And then this last pandemic, last year alone, I traveled to uh, Jerusalem, uh, Shut up. Paris. Uh, we're headquartered in Geneva, so I get to Geneva, London, 
and I think there was one other place. And this year we were slated to do. I have to tell you, I loved Jerusalem. I don't know that I would say it's. I love London too, but never been to Jerusalem. Was just incredible. I mean, it's it's because it invokes a feeling. It invokes. Mm. It's moving. Mm. So in addition to it being very picturesque, and you know, um, it it just uh, it just it moves you. Never been. Yeah, I'd like love beautiful. to go. Uh-huh. That's awesome. All right, last one. When it's all said and done, um, what do you want to be remembered for? For being a, uh, an inclusive, inclusive leader, somebody that gets somebody that got things done. I love it, CC. Thanks for uh, sharing your time. Where, where can people follow along with your your story, your journey, your company? Sure. So Tico Productions is at you know. Uh, www.ticoproductions.com you'll find all of our sports work there too our, our sports website um, my handle is cc and kc on twitter so i'm on there ah, i probably could be there more but <laughs> you've got a few I'm, things going on I'm, yeah a few <laughs> things and that's where you know people could could find me and i tweet about odd things very diverse avert is very diverse the things i tweet about but that's awesome yeah. um Last comment or question, how do you think our Kansas City Chiefs season will, will play out? I mean, I know they'll win a lot of games if they play them, yeah, but yeah. what's your prediction uh, on all this? You know, well, depending on how many more players opt out. Oh, gosh, <laughs> seriously. I know. Um, I mean, I think I th- I believe they'll win the division if they play. Yeah. If they play at all. I believe they'll get to the playoffs. I, I just – I think there's just too many unknowns to be – you know, I want to say, oh, another Super Bowl. Uh, no. That was the worst thing about being so sick last year. So I waited my whole life oh, for the Chiefs to go to the Super think Bowl. about that. And I missed, I was in, you know, was, oh, I was sick. Yeah, yeah. I was oh. going through my transplant. So I was, I, I watched <laughs> I, the whole playoff runoff and oh. everything. Now my team got to go to the Super Bowl. They got to go to the games, but man, I was <laughs> uh, so disappointed. But I, you know, I, I'd hope that that would be the end result again, but. I just I think there's just so many unknowns. Yeah. Well, Tyreek promised um, seven of them, right? To, yeah. To, to, to out their top Jordan. So hopefully, yeah. we'll, hopefully you'll you'll see plenty more. Cece, fine. thank you for your time. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate it.